Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I'm your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Monday, November 20th. And on today's podcast, we are talking NFL best bets for the Thanksgiving slate. We're going to go through the three Thanksgiving games. We may even hit on the fourth Black Friday game that we have this year. We're going to go through best bets, line movement, capping trends, what could be used in a teaser, how to pair all of these things, what are the betting splits. We're even going to share some screens. Notice I say we because joining me is perhaps the most frequent guest on the podcast, Gibby Graves. Gib, how you doing? Your microphone is muted right now, so make sure you unmute that. There you go. Welcome to the pod. Back on it. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, how you doing? What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I am heading up to Boston and then to New Hampshire to visit my girls' family. First first Thanksgiving with a girlfriend, uh, so that's exciting. Uh, going up there. Um, yeah, we leave to, or we're actually leaving tomorrow um, to go to Boston and spend time with her, with her mom. Does that mean, isn't Thanksgiving when you normally do your family pictures? Yeah, but we had uh, this summer, we had a couple of weddings. So as a family that we went to, so we took the pictures then. To give you guys a peek behind the curtain and give, I'm gonna have to send you my new address because I don't think I got it here this year. But there is no better Christmas card in the industry than the Graves family Christmas card. Uh, I'm lucky to be on the list. I would imagine there are some big, big ballers and big shot callers who get that Christmas card as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are. Uh, I have nothing to do with the list. Um, that would be... We're not going to ask you to name drop some Obamas <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, Malia's apartment is uh, number 316. Okay. <laughs> um, getting into Thursday... Actually, wait, quickly. You're a Thanksgiving food for person? No, absolutely not. I hate Thanksgiving food. Um, always have. And I'll eat it. Well, now I'm going to have to eat it for my girls family i'm just gonna have to like scarf it down to make it seem like um i love it but have never loved it um i always think like when i go to a deli or i'm I'm trying to eat food how many times am i gonna go order a turkey sandwich and the answer is zero times uh just not a big turkey guy uh or any of the sides that come with thanksgiving i i'm i even prefer deli turkey over like the cut fresh turkey from a thanksgiving turkey it's just, yeah, it's just not, it's not for me. Uh, I'm yeah, out on all, yeah, I'm out on all Thanksgiving type foods. Stuffing, overrated. Turkey, overrated. Mashed potatoes, fucking delicious. But if I'm only eating mashed potatoes, it's not like a, a great meal. Pumpkin pie, yes. Uh, sweet potato, mashed sweet potatoes with the roasted marshmallows on top. Sure. I mean, I think it was better as a kid than as an adult. It started, it's almost like too sweet now. Um Desserts fine. I just I just think Thanksgiving food in general is a little overrated. Yeah, I mean, shout out to gravy. Gravy is delicious. Um, but like, I'm not gonna eat like I can eat anything with gravy. I don't think it has to be the Thanksgiving food. Does your family do anything outside the typical Thanksgiving food that becomes like, oh, this is the staple? Because my family used to always do meatballs where my mom makes it with the cranberry sauce in the tomato sauce. So it's almost mm. like a sweet meat, like a Swedish meatball type thing. So for me, I was always really looking forward to meatballs on Thanksgiving. No, we don't. We never had that because my mom didn't like cook that that much. We used to. This is the bougiest thing about us. We used to sometimes like not have home cooked meals. We used to like go to like a restaurant when we would go to my grandma's place because she when she got too old to cook, she'd be like, I don't want to cook anymore. So we're going to go to like the Four Seasons or like some kind of place that cooks it for you. 
Yeah, I wasn't bougie until you said Four Seasons. <laughs> <laughs> going to a restaurant is normal until you, and then we would go over to the uh to to you know four seasons hotel and have a five-star meal okay let's get into the board thanksgiving best bets where we're going to be watching these games uh taking it all in what we're going to be rooting for there are three games on thanksgiving lions of course always playing cowboys of course always playing both divisional matchups. So you get the Lions taking on the Packers in that first slate on the 12:30 game. Then you have the Commanders at the Cowboys after that. And we wrap up with yet another third divisional game all in the NFC on Thanksgiving. 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. Gib, I'll just give you a blanket statement. I just said, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food or whatever? What's your favorite bet on the Thanksgiving board? Favorite bet here. 49ers minus seven right here. Uh, watch them play this week. Purdy looks like he's rolling. Ayuk looks like a true number one uh, receiver out there. Uh, so seeing them at minus seven, um, I kind of love that bet. Uh, Seahawks, I saw that. Um, I don't know if he's going to be out next week, but Gino got hurt last game. Drew Locke was in. They kind of were struggling during the game. I didn't think they looked that great. Uh, and I think the 49ers are just kind of a, kind of rolling right now. So that's kind of my favorite bet uh, of the of the three game slate. Going to completely agree. I took this last night when it was minus 6.5 juice to minus 115. Now it's at minus 104 for that minus 10 for that minus seven. You could see it on the screen. Anyone watching on the YouTube channel or listening on the podcast feed. Consider checking out the YouTube channel because I'm actually sharing the FanDuel screen right now so we can actually see it. And I'll open up the statistics, Gib. 85% of the money, I mean, 88% of the money, 85% of the bets. So for me, that's saying not only is this public money, but also sharp money. There's still bigger bets on the San Francisco side. There's still injury concern that's there that remains with Geno Smith. So I really, really agree with you. I think this is a full three-unit max exposure play. I'm actually still okay with taking it at the minus seven. And if you do have a minus 6.5, if you follow me on Twitter and saw me tweet that out last night, then we're even going to be looking for potential buybacks on the seven and a half and trying to middle this bitch at the seven. Uh, That's why I hit it for three units. So I could play one unit, a unit and a half the other way and raise my ceiling on a potential middle, potentially win four or five units, reduce my overall exposure, but still be tilted in the direction of that San Francisco minus six and a half or minus seven. Uh, I also really like the under in this game. And let me show you something, Gib. Uh, minus, it's 42.5 right here on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. I'll bring up the DraftKings screen. 43.5. So that's definitely where I'm going to play. You asked me in the pre-show, should we talk about more FanDuel odds or should we talk about more DraftKings odds? Because the simple purpose of I was going to share the screen. I'll share both of them and say, might as well line shop, find the best line and take that under 43.5. This line opened at 46 and a half in the look ahead spot a week ago. The, The downturn is definitely related to the Geno Smith injury. But knowing that so many of these games have trended under on Thursday night spots throughout the week. Short week leads to unders. We've been saying it's been the season of unders in the NFL. I mean, Patriots, Giants is priced at a 33 and a half right now. It's fucking absurd. Um, I'll take that under 43 and a half as well for one unit and the minus six and a half for a full three units. Um, 
that's kind of where my my mind is at. There's there's a lot more room for this to go if the Gito is actually ruled out. Agreed. Yeah, I think I think like for what what do you if Gito's out, what do you think this line goes to? Eight and a half, nine, nine and a half? Nah, I was gonna say nine. Nine would probably be where it goes. Uh Drew Locke was okay when he came in, I thought. Um but if he has a couple of days of actual reps, I feel like it's got to be impossible for a backup just to like come into a game, no reps with the first team. But if he had a couple of days to practice, he, he wouldn't be like the worst backup quarterback in the world. But I think it, I think he's he's worth at least two points there. And it's a and it's a short week against an amazing defense. So I think all those have to be factored in. Right. It's a divisional yeah. game. It's a short week. Drew Locke's not going to have much time to actually practice. The whole team doesn't really get anything besides walkthroughs in. Uh, luckily, they're home in the Seattle 12th Man Stadium. It's the best home field advantage in the NFL over the last like decade and a half. It, even, it has even lasted past the Legion of Boom era, where it was like the most dominant thing ever. Um, but yeah, this this 49ers minus six and a half under spot is really juicy to me and is the last game that we'll watch, but it's the first bet on the board that I hit. Let's go up to this um, Packers-Lions game. Divisional spot, priced at seven and a half. And when I see something priced at seven and a half, Gib, my first inclination is this is a teaser leg. This fits Stanford Wong criteria, where I could bring this seven and a half down to a minus one point five, where I could move it through the seven, move it through the three. You're also moving through the six and the four, which are fairly important. Those are all within the top five most common NFL outcomes. So you're moving through a lot of key numbers. You bring this down to the 1.5. We're also seeing this total rise. So we've also, I think it opened at 45. Now it's at 46 and a half or 47 at different books. Uh, I don't want to play into a over total in a short week Thursday game. I actually played the over between these two teams earlier in the season when it was 44 and a half and it went clearly over. Um, so I think that's why that we, uh, we know the history between these two teams that it's a kind of a shootout. It's actually the second time that these two teams have played on a short week Thursday. That's got to be nearly a first. But I'll take the trend of it going towards the over as just an added boost to my teasing the favorite down. Because if we're going to tease a favorite down, then the ability to cover even a small spread or even this large spread at 7.5, it's easier to do when more total points are scored, right? So if there was only going to be 33 points, like it's the Giants-Patriots game, and you're asking them to cover, it becomes harder. When you bring this number down, it's also not only an easy number to cover in the one and a half, but you're also expecting a lot of points. So really, any outcome should help you cover this. So for me, I will be teasing the Lions down to minus 1.5. How do you feel about that? I like that. Um, the Packers, you know, I don't really trust the Packers as much. Like, with no Aaron Jones likely this week, I know that Jordan Love looked good last week against uh, the Chargers. I just don't think the Chargers are that great, and so he looked better than he actually is. Lions have a pretty good defense. Dan Campbell has them playing pretty well. Um, I like the Lions here. Uh, I love. I also love Gibbs and Montgomery in the backfield. I think together they're a real dynamic duo, uh, and I don't, I don't think that Lissanne's going to throw three picks again uh, like he did last week. Um, so – I like the Lions, minus seven and a half. And if you're going to tease it, I think that's even better. Great. All right, let's keep on moving on. Commanders at Cowboys. Nothing lit up on the screen because I have no bets there. Uh, Maybe you can help fill us in. 
total's been climbing 46 and a half up to 48 and a half. We know that this commander's team just throws so much. Uh, the volume is insane. So that's why pretty much every week their totals start to climb north. It's a total crapshoot if they end up completing those passes and making it happen or Sam Howell runs into the end zone, gets bopped out and gets checked for a concussion like he did last week. Uh, I just don't want to touch this game. I think the 10 and a half is too much for me to take in a in a Cowboys as a favorite in a divisional game. The commanders seem to play their tougher opponents well. Like they always play the Eagles really well. They seem to play up to their competition, even though they just traded all of their best players. So I'm unsure about how that's going to factor in. Through the 10 and a half is all the important key numbers. We're going to miss and play them on the other side of that. If you're going to tease this, you're teasing it down to the four and a half absolutely not or then you're potentially getting into like a seven or eight point teaser or you're just buying a really juiced line no thank you to that the over like i said climbing up but now it's at 48 and a half 48 also being a key number we know 41 is the most common outcome in nfl games so that 48 is simply one touchdown more which makes it very relevant to nfl totals this whole game is just priced in no man's land for me where I will have no bets. Do you want to give the people some action to take? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to take a spread here. I, I think that the commanders do, do have a good offense, and they're going to be tossing it a lot. The only bet that I have here is a prop bet, um, and this has to do with my boy B. Robinson Jr. Uh, so I like a 40 receiving yards from Brian Robinson here because I think they're going to have to uh, throw it a lot, and he's been a, a huge outlet for Howell, and I think they're going to be checking down a lot. So 40 receiving yards for Brian Robinson Jr. is what's the, what I like. What's the odds on that? Are you getting plus money on that? Yeah, I think it, last time I checked, it was like plus 110 or something. Um, uh, I love plus. I love plus money props. I hate paying like minus 125, minus 135, minus 145. So many props on FanDuel are just naturally priced at like minus 145, and I absolutely hate it. Let's go into more wagers and see if we can figure this out. Um, but I I, yeah, I just I I think I, I don't see it. I, I'm not seeing it here right now, but uh, it'll be posted uh, soon. But the but the Brian Robinson, he has been a, he's been an app he's been on an absolute tear, and he just can't, he's he's a he's a great receiving back, and so I think because. They'll be throwing a lot because I think they'll be they'll start the game down or they'll be losing a little bit. Uh, they'll have to be throwing a lot, so Brian Robinson's going to have to be catching the ball a ton. Would you wait on the Anthony Gibson news in terms of his injury this week before placing the bet? Like, do you think you get yeah. a? He's, I just Antonio. I just, yeah. Oh my God, Antonio Gibson. <laughs> Jeez. Um, do you? I just looked. I just looked him up. I actually typed in Antonio to to Google. Uh, he's estimated as practicing on Monday after missing yesterday's game. Of course, that's estimated as practicing because these teams aren't practicing. They're submitting a fake injury report. So short week Thursday game coming off of a game where he didn't play, it's going to be tough for him to get back out there. Uh, but that would swing the line a lot. Like if he's going to, because he is the receiving back. So you might get a better line by waiting, but you also might get a worse line by waiting. He is the receiving, or technically the receiving back. But even when he was playing two weeks ago and three weeks ago, I think Brian Robinson had maybe 35, 30 receiving yards both games. Uh, so he's still receiving a lot of uh, targets, um, even on first and second down, even if he's not he's not the third down back. 
Yeah, I'm with it. Any any plays in terms of the totals or sides? Nothing there, right? You just just like no. that prop angle. Yeah, no. If if I was to pick anything, I I would pick the over, but uh, I'm not. I'm not. I don't really want to play with it. Okay. Um. Agreed. Let's also hit this Black Friday game. First time we have a Black Friday game ever. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a really good idea. I'll be watching. What time does it start? Three o'clock eastern time so a little 12 noon start for me in black friday when i wake up and try to do some cyber shopping on amazon i will have tim boyle and the new york jets going against Tua tagovailoa and the miami dolphins in the meadowlands uh give this was a minus 7.5 yesterday and i teased it it was actually what i included with the steelers at a plus 1.5 and i brought them up you can even see it. You could see the red minus 1.5. It's because the line moved against me since I had it in my ticket. I had it at plus 1.5, and I moved it up to the 7.5, and I took the Dolphins minus 7.5, and I brought it down to the 1.5. It was at the time when the Steelers were plus 1.5, but it was minus 120. So I ended up paying minus 134 in the odds to do a teaser. Normally when you do a teaser in a two-team six-point teaser, and both minus 110 lines, you're expecting to pay minus 120 for that bet. But considering that I was including a minus 120 leg on its own, I was had to pay a little bit more juice. But I was definitely willing to do that, uh, given that the Steelers are going against the Bengals with their backup quarterback as well. So I liked all of those spots. I'm kind of out on anything Dolphins-Jets now that it's at the past the teaser zone. I think the only reason to move it from 7.5 to the 9.5 is so that people like me can't tease it. If you're seeing this at 9.5, does that almost invite you to take the Jets? No. From what I saw last week, absolutely not. Um, I'm not taking the Jets in, under any circumstance. But one question I have here, right, Mike, I I, I hate the Jets here. I hate. I, I don't think they'll be able to pass the ball. I don't think going to Tim Boyle is a good idea. What are your thoughts on alt alt spread lines, right? So if I'm like, I think the Dolphins are absolutely going to clap the Jets yeah, and take like minus 13 and a half or um, maybe like if I really think they're going to clap minus 20 and a half or something like a, like a crazy alt spread line. What are your thoughts on, on, on doing that there? Love it. Love the question. Uh, I do it situationally. And the only way that I will do it is if I am selling points and making it harder for myself to win and in, accruing an escalator in those odds. So by pushing that out from minus 110 at the 9.5 and selling four points and putting that at minus 13.5, you're going to get plus 150 or something. Uh, right. By pushing that out to minus 19.5 and having a getting it below the key 20 and 21 would probably be the best way to do it. You're going to get plus 220 on that then that's something that I'm interested in doing. I will never condone like, oh, we know that the Dolphins are going to uh, win by at least a field goal. And even though you can't six-point tease them this down, so why don't you just buy the Miami Dolphins alt-line minus 2.5 at, you know, minus 350. Like, absolutely not. Uh, Me and you are both uh, Bill Simmons fans. He had a podcast last week or or – yeah, I think it was last week where he was doing his million dollar picks thing where he was talking. He's like, I absolutely love this team. I think this line. Oh, no, it was it was OK. It was the podcast last night where he was talking about I'm going to bring it up. He was talking about. This t- 
Texans Jaguars game. You see it? Yep. So it's Texans plus 1.5 at home against the Jaguars. And Simmons' reaction to this line was, that's mispriced. He was immediately like, that's a wrong line. The, the, the Texans should be favored by 1.5. And then his next bar, his next line was, I, I already know what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that up to, you know, plus 3.5. And, and, like, if you feel the line is mispriced and that this is clear value, why do you need to buy insurance on top of it? Sell it. Go the other way. If you feel that this line is mispriced, put the line where you should and take the real good escalated odds on it. To buy insurance makes no sense. So I would never actually do those things. I definitely like, if we go back to that Dolphins example, the ability to bring it to like 13 and a half or, or uh, 16 and a half if you're below the 17, 19 and a half below the 2021. 20, At the right odds, those are interesting to me. You, do you feel the same way about uh, overs and unders? Like if I wanted to move that, say the, the Jet, we'll, we'll use the Jets Dolphins, for example, 40 and a half. If I'm like this game, there's no way the Jets score. The, the, the over should be 34. Would you, do you like the, like all, all the can't. over-unders? Can't do it? You can't, you can't buy insurance with it. You can't. Not okay. in my mind, but you can, right? Because the odds are yeah. available. Statistically, what I'm saying is, the amount of money that you are going to pay to acquire that insurance exceeds the actual probability that it lands in those numbers. So you are paying more than the value that those numbers are actually worth. Whereas if you just go the other direction, if you sell them off at the same ratio, which it pretty much is the same ratio, it's really freaking close. It's not suddenly like you're selling it for less less money than it's actually worth. It's like right at what it's worth. So if you can sell points and a gain value and push the line where you think it should be. If you're like, oh, this Tim Boyle news is going to invigorate the Jets offense a little bit. They've been playing lifeless with Zach Wilson. They have not cared to play as a team, knowing that he's their quarterback, having not scored a touchdown in like 40 drives at one point during last game. Garrett Wilson's rolling his eyes immediately after the ball is thrown and he's like chucking his hands up, barking on the sidelines. Like the whole team is pissed. So if you think just the injection of Tim Boyle, kind of like, uh, I don't know, the the a new coach theory, like finally the Raiders got rid of McDaniels and the whole team is excited again. If you're going to say the whole team's excited again and the Jets are actually going to put up points, then the Dolphins are also still going to smack them. Then what you do is you move this to Dolphins minus 13.5 and you take the over under of juice that to over 43 and a half because you know 44 is a key number or over 47 and a half something like that got it okay always willing to sell very very rarely willing to buy um i think that's pretty much it right yeah man thanksgiving it's it's football any other profits that are worth it uh the brian robinson one i really liked uh, for the other games, there wasn't anything that stood out to me. I think uh, 49ers, I like how their offense is looking. I like Ayuk, but I don't know if he, like, Dude, because they've been balling. going to Ayuk. Oh, I think because they've been going to him so much. I always have this mindset, like, he's had, like, three straight dominant games. That means that Debo's Thursday is going to be Debo's game, right? Like, I, I have that, like, a, a process yep. in my mind. <laughs> Um, 
I get it. Public brain. I get trapped in it too. The only thing, let's 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 wrap this up with one thing, Gib. Yeah. The Lions are minus 7.5. So right. we actually, I think this is the perfect segue. Uh, when we try and pair teaser legs together, one mm-hmm. thing that's also very important and underratedly important is how do you know how to time how do you know which teaser legs to choose if you've already attained the right value, if you've already gone gotten the right numbers, if you're already pairing numbers with totals and saying, okay, I'm gonna push this Browns plus 2.5 up to a plus 8.5 because the over-under is 35. So it's gonna be really hard to beat a nine-point spread in a in a low-scoring game like that. If we're already doing all that, then how do we decide which teasers to pair together? And I'll give you the trick. It is you want them to start at different times. You do not want teaser legs both in the same windows. And the reason for that is because this Lions-Packers game, teasing the Lions, has value. If you just blanketly put these long teaser criterias, moving through the three and the seven, paying minus 120 for them, just blindly they have value based on the numbers that you are moving through and the inherent trust in the sports book that they're pricing it the right way. So if you can choose teaser legs that are happening at different times and pair them in the same bet, then what you're doing is if the first teaser leg loses, you have the remaining flexibility to then take that second teaser leg, which hasn't started and put it in a new bet and add something else to it. But if they're both going at the same time, you might lose one, win one, and not be able to add that second teaser leg into something else. So let's go through these bets and add a second teaser leg to this Detroit Lions-Green Bay Packers. Now, one of these options is this this, this Philadelphia Eagles tonight. This plus 2.5 and bringing it up to the plus 8.5. A little bit scary to do that in a game that should be a shootout. You like to generally do that to under spots. Any thoughts on Chiefs-Eagles tonight and including that in the teaser leg? Yeah, I mean, if you think there's going to be a shootout, that 45 and a half is kind of screaming at me for an over, right? I I think it's going to be an underspot, but I th- I'd say it has the ability to be a shootout um, where I don't want to – it just – the ability for it to be a shootout makes the plus 8.5 uh, okay. valuable. Uh, and are you asking for a spread between the, the Eagles and Chiefs? What's the number? Just like, two and a, uh, Chiefs yeah, just like – you like the idea, like, would, would this be the second leg that you tease it with, or would you rather come, let's see, uh, taking the Bengals to plus seven and a half at home against the Steelers with a backup quarterback, taking C.J. Stroud and the and the Texans to plus seven and a half, taking the Saints to plus seven and a half, all of these taking the Buccaneers to plus seven and a half, the Rams to plus seven and a half, the Browns to plus eight and a half, and... I would tease it with the I would tease it with the Eagles tonight would be my would be my favorite. Yeah, little little game of the year going into Monday Night Football, going into the Lions Packers Thanksgiving kickoff to hopefully bring home that the rest of that bet and finish the second leg. That's kind of a fun situation to get yourself into. I like that. I always love like having a bet, like say something tonight for Monday Night Football that leads into. Like the weekend, I typically do that whenever I have a parlay. I'll do a Thursday night bet. And if that hits, that means that my Sunday bets are just a little bit more juiced up. They're just a little more juiced up. Let's uh, let's end this with this one right here, Gib. We're talking this Eagles-Chiefs game. I love it. <laughs> this is my fantasy matchup on the screen right now. Oh, wait. Let me, let me, let me put it up a little bit so you can see the, the score. 
Okay. Team Virgo, a.k.a. Team Michael, has 60 points and is going against Slant Boys with 52. We are up eight points right now, but I have Jalen Hurts, and I'm going against A.J. Brown and Travis Kelsey. Uh, have you ever seen a tighter fan? Wait, how did he become favorite yeah, to win this morning? Whoa, whoa. Things have shifted. A.J. Brown's projected points shot up. 16 and a half. Yikes. They were not 16 and a half yesterday. I think it was 14. I think he was 14 and a half yesterday. So Yahoo projections, we have a lot of questions about how you do what you do. Um, (laughs) uh, But I uh, fit again. I love your spot. I, I think that Jalen hurts plus eight points against those two. Uh, I just, I I like your spot. I think you're in a good place. I think you're going to win tonight. I think this is the literal definition of a coin flip. I know that it's potential rain, which again, potential rain goes back to the betting component of better to take an 8.5 and play it into an under situation if it's going to be like 65% chance raining there. Uh, I'm holding on for dear life. This is my season in the works. Let's go over to this one real quick. Let's go. Let's let's see what happened right here. We'll hide your team name. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cross that out. Um Let's just you can see you can see that you can see the scores on the bottom here where it says total. Uh give Burrow out Thursday night. Did you start but, paired with Tyler Boyd dropping a 3.7? You had what? Uh 12.4, 13.4 points, 12.4 going into Sunday with two of your most important positions crossed out. And then you came back and got the dub. How you feeling? I feel I feel great. I needed this win. Now I'm seven and four, uh, which makes my playoff odds like ninety percent. Um, I needed this. Let, I needed. This. Let all the viewers this. see how bad this seven and four team is. First of all, uh, Burrow's out and Justin Jefferson's on the bench, so the team is nasty. It's just waiting for Justin Jefferson to come back, and Ramondre is on bye. So don't say that this is a bad team. This is a squad. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's open the bench real quick. Show bench players. Yeah, Pitts, Lawrence. New, you got you got you actually have a deep team. I of course I always have a deep team. That's how I play fantasy football. Deep. I'm, uh, I'm any, always. Any always words for me. Trevor Lawrence as he tries to save your season down the second half? Well, you know, he had a great game yesterday. Just keep it up, man. Keep keep going. Keep running the football. Jesus Christ, two running touches. Let's go. I need more of that. On a, on a bad knee? I need, I need all of that. And if I, he gets there hurt, some, I don't know what's going on. There was some serious um, betting money that came in on the Titans yesterday late, and I was part of it. Stupid me. Uh, I repositioned myself off the Jaguars onto the Titans because the word was Trevor Lawrence's knee is worse than we're being led on to know. And then this motherfucker has two rushing touchdowns. Comes out and balls out. Uh, all right, that'll wrap us up for Thanksgiving. Gib, thank you for taking the time. I, I hit you up on very short notice. Look how dark it is there now. What happened? Dude, uh, I don't know if it's, it's just, yeah, it's dark. it gets dark in New York at like 5.30. Unbelievable. Well, thank you to this man for being with us in his afternoon, transitioning from daytime to nighttime in New York. I'm still in San Diego where it's beautiful out. I'm going on a nice hike with my dog, LeBron. Uh, everyone, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy the games. Thank you for listening. Let's cash some tickets. I will be back uh, Wednesday with an NBA podcast. 
I'll be back probably Saturday doing some NFL Sunday preview stuff. I do need to talk to my Sunday, my Saturday guest, Mike LaFemina, and make sure that he is available for it. Otherwise, maybe I'll hit up Gibb or someone else. I'll bring back Alex Cohen. But plan on a Wednesday and Saturday pod from me. Happy holidays. Thanks as always. Gib, thank you again. And peace out.